I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Morgan the Ask For Podcast. Trevor and I want to thank you for listening. Please help us spread the word to your friends and family by telling them to give us a listen. Another way to help the podcast is by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. We cannot thank you enough for listening, and we really appreciate it. Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Ask For Podcast. Another bonus one, third one uh, in a row here third one of the week but this time of year lots of sports so we are gonna welcome in my brother sean morgan uh he lives in des moines uh owner of wrestling season tickets to both iowa and iowa state he goes with my dad and my dad's cousin up to iowa state and then he goes with one of his college friends over to iowa as much as he can was at the big 10 tournament in lincoln this last weekend a week and a half ago i guess now uh but just uh kind of a, a different podcast but i just thought uh, some of my listeners would like to hear about uh, the wrestling, Iowa, Iowa State, mainly here, maybe a little bit about uh, you and I, and then uh, he has a little bit of information on some Iowa high school wrestlers that are wrestling for other schools here. Uh, but overall, just welcome to the podcast. I know you listen, and you know, just kind of what are your opening thoughts on, let's just start with Iowa State. I'm an Iowa State fan, so let's start with Iowa State. Third place in the Big 12, 110 points, 21 and a half points behind Missouri. You know, the Big 12 wrestling is a different conference because of all the teams that are in there that are not actually part of the Big 12. This was the first year Missouri was back in the conference. Technically, they're actually back-to-back champs because they were the champs the last year they were in the Big 12. They won it every year they were in the MAC, and now they've won like 12 in a row uh, conference tournaments. Uh, but three points, uh, they did finish ahead of Oklahoma State, which is a kind of a big feat. They've had issues of injuries with, you know, their star wrestler being hurt after the car wreck. But overall, how did you see Iowa State? Uh, they finished about, I would say they were just okay. They weren't great. A couple of their guys got beat early and just couldn't quite uh, get where they needed to be. But we'll see. Um, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, since you started this podcast, of course, I listen. Uh, my favorite episodes are the, uh, the golf ones where you guys talk about odds and who's going to come home that weekend and who, who's not. Those are my personal favorites. Um, but since you started the podcast, we've always talked about maybe doing a wrestling one just because uh, I am such a big wrestling fan. And you, that's not a sport that you uh, follow nearly as closely. Um, as far as Iowa State and their performance at the Big 12, I agree with you that they finished about where I expected them to finish. It just didn't pan out how, how I thought it would pan out. Um, you had a couple of overperformers and then a couple of underperformers. Um, you know, as far as uh, your, your underperformers, I thought Deegan at 149 uh, would do a little bit better. He's uh, one of those exceptions. I think this is his seventh year of wrestling 
which is almost, almost unheard of, but he got a medical red shirt. And then of course the COVID year uh, that all the wrestlers got if they chose to take it. So he's actually a seventh year wrestler um, at 149. And oh, sorry to interrupt you here, but is that a theme in wrestling? Because like looking at Iowa, they're all super old too. I mean, like 24, 25 year old guys wrestling. Is that a big time thing? You know, college basketball is much older now as well because of that. But I just think wrestling, I mean, everybody's a six year guy. It, it just seems like at both, especially at Iowa, more than Iowa State, but Iowa State has a few of those guys. But is that a trend across all of wrestling? Because all these guys are going to try to continue to wrestle anyway that are in the conversation of being one of the best because they're going to try to wrestle for the Olympics and stuff like that. Right. So it is a theme. Wrestlers are getting older. It, it's kind of a dichotomy you got going on. Wrestlers, um, you know, back in the 90s, uh, late 80s, you never heard of an 18 or 19 year old wrestler winning a national championship. They would always come in their freshman year and they would always redshirt. You know, I, I think it's you listen to the Gable stories. Uh, and like Lincoln McElravey is like one of the only people who he pulled out a red shirt who went on to win a national title. And I think he pulled maybe three or four people total out of his entire career out of their red shirt to wrestle for him. Well, I mean, you look at Iowa State, Kale Sanderson, undefeated in college in this four years wrestling, was redshirted. I mean, Correct. So you knew he was good and he lost that year once, but it didn't count. Right. And, and back when Gable wrestled for Iowa State. They didn't even allow freshmen to wrestle. There was no such thing as a red shirt. You could not wrestle. You only got three years of wrestling. Um, so it's a weird dichotomy. Wrestlers these days are coming in at 18, 19 years old, ready to wrestle at the college level. Look, look at Spencer Lee. Uh, and there's more, more examples out there, but Spencer Lee at Iowa is the biggest one. Because, And the reason behind that is you've got these amazing wrestling academies out there. You've got the Seabold Academy in Jefferson, Iowa. That's amazing. And producing... Uh, uh, you know, world medalists at the world at the cadet level. You've got Askren's Wrestling Academy up in Wisconsin that you and I recruits hard out of. They're coming in ready to wrestle right away. But you're right. Their goal is to wrestle in the Olympics and win Olympic medals. And you generally, unless you're a phenom. Physical maturity to do that yet. Just imagine an 18 or 19 year old kid trying to wrestle a 29, 30, 31 year old, the, the, the physical uh, maturity is just not there. So you do see them use a red shirt. The other reason why wrestlers are getting older is because of Olympic red shirts. Um, there's certain criteria you meet. If you finish so high at the US Open, so high at the cadet worlds and so on, you can do something called a cadet or a, an Olympic red shirt. And that means you take a year off of college wrestling and you just go train. So that's how you see a lot of six year wrestlers Traditionally, they take their traditional red shirt, their freshman year, and then at some point in there, there's an Olympic year and they'll take an Olympic red shirt so that they can go train for a year and try out for the Olympics. And then they'll come back to college wrestling. So you do see a lot of six years, six year wrestlers. Now, this year, we're seeing seventh year wrestlers because of the COVID year. And, and you know, the COVID year and the Olympic year coincided and then Olympics were supposed to be 2020, but we're actually 2021. So this time frame is just you know, super, you know, messed up. Uh, no other word for it. Just, you're, it's all you're messed up. Right. Um, you know, how many college wrestlers actually wrestled in the Olympics last summer? Um, you know, obviously Gable Stevenson won the gold, right? He did. Gable Stevenson won the gold at 285. Um, you had a couple of 
so you've also got wrestlers that wrestle for other countries, right? So right. you've yes. got uh, up in Michigan. Um, he took he took bronze. It was it was Cam Amin. I think I'm getting those right. There's a couple of brothers up at Michigan that wrestled, and they wrestled for places like San Marino. And then you've got Austin Gomez. Um, he's going to wrestle for Mexico. Uh, you know, so I couldn't tell you how many wrestled in the Olympics. I just I don't follow freestyle Olympics as closely as I do college wrestling. Um, but there was a a good amount. And again, if they're going to wrestle for another country, they can take that Olympic red shirt uh, and take that year off of college wrestling. Absolutely. So let's just kind of go through the Big 12 real quick. Uh, 125, um, you know, he got eight. What is it? Kyson, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Kyson Tarakino uh, yep. or something. Tarakino. Yep, you got it. He got eight. Yep. Um, you know, you how know, do you think? Is that over or under how he should? That's about where I expected him to finish. He's going to get better. Um, you watch him wrestle as the season went on, and he improved each time. Uh, so that's about where I expected him to finish. He, uh, he, he got, he, he's going, going to Detroit next week. Um, I'm just looking at where he, where he landed with his, with his seed. He got, he's 26. The 26 seed. So he's 26 um, out of 33. Uh, So, you know, in the first round, he's going to face Master Giovanni from Oklahoma State. And that's going to be a a tough hill to climb. so I, I, I expect him probably to fall to the backside pretty quickly um, in that first round. Let's see. The, the key is if you when you're those backside seeds, you know, the 20 plus seeds and you're expected to lose that first round, the key to help your team. And the only way Iowa State's going to get a top 10 finish is if someone like Terry Kina blazes a path in the, on the backside, you know, wins two or three matches scores them instead of zero points, you know, scores them four points, which doesn't seem like a lot, but you have two or three wrestlers do that. And you've got an extra 15 points uh, that can mean a lot in the, in the race, because the way it's going to shake out in Detroit, you're going to have your top three, uh, Michigan, Penn state, Iowa, they're going to be in a tier all by themselves. And then the rest of it is is a toss up. And the, the way you're going to finish in that top 10 is have those wrestlers make noise on the backside. All right, so let's just go down to, to 133. He got third, Ramazan. Uh, you can say his last name, but Ramazan is his first name. Uh, yeah, I can't say his last name either. Uh, even at the even at the beats, most people just call him Ramazan. Uh, he's uh, he's unique. Um, I can't. I, he's from Russia, and then he actually came over here and went to high school at one of the East Coast academies. It might have been Blair Academy, which is a, a high school wrestling powerhouse. So he got his feet wet. I like to talk about uh, Ramazan and Bastida, the the 197 pounder for Iowa State, who's from Cuba, together. And you see the difference in their wrestling um, because they grew up wrestling only freestyle. And Um, and let's just go ahead and go to to 197. He got fifth. And his match to really kind of go, he lost one to nothing because he wrestles freestyle and not folk style. He let him go. He didn't even fight it, let him go, lost one to nothing. So that's exactly right. Um, He wins that match, in my opinion, the majority of the time. His ability to take anyone in the nation down is amazing. Um, I I watched him score like 28 points one match. Exactly. Um, He literally take down, let him go, take down, let him go, take down, let him go. Yep. Uh, He just, he has no mat, he has no mat skills because 
for 15 years, he just, his only thing was to take people down and to roll them up in the freestyle way with leg laces and gut wrenches and leg laces and gut wrenches do not exist in folk style. So half of his offense throws, gets thrown out the window that he's been training for 15 years. So Ramazan and Bastida come over, they're foreign wrestlers. They come over, they're wrestling for Iowa State. Ramazan is a little further along because he wrestled high school over on the East Coast. So he, he has another, what, two years of top wrestling and mat wrestling and figuring out uh, just all the intricacies of that. And honestly, in folk style, um, you know, if you, you're a good mat wrestler, you get a free point every single time because you're going to escape, right? You choose down whatever period you have choice and you're going to escape. Uh, Bastida doesn't have that skill yet. So he essentially, he is down two points every single match he starts because he can't get out from the bottom. So he loses the point there and he can't hold people down. So they automatically get their point. So he's down two points to start. Despite that, he still is a force to be reckoned with. And I was, a, I was a little disappointed that he got fifth um, at big 12s and he lost that match because again, he can take anybody down in the nation. Uh, and if I'm one of those top guys at 197, the Max Dean from uh, Penn State. Yeah, uh, he's the 10 seed. So he's not super high, but he's not super low either. So he's right. going to be able to, a, a chance to go. He's the 10 seed at 197. Right. So if he, he's the 10 seed at 197. So he's going to have Braxton Amos from Wisconsin uh, in round one, who Braxton Amos is a world gold medalist. I think it's, I can't remember if it's cadet or junior. I, I can't keep those ages straight. Um, but last year he won a world gold medal in Greco and freestyle. But uh, again, Amos, because he's so good at those other styles, he's not very good on the mat either. So it's going to be a really fun match between Bastida and Amos because they're so good at freestyle. You want to watch an exciting match. You want to watch a lot of takedowns. You're going to want to watch that match. I think Bastida comes out on top because he has a better gas tank. He does not get tired. He does not get tired. And I think when it comes down to it, he'll, he'll beat Amos. Um, and then after that, he's going to have Rocky Elam uh, from Missouri, most likely. And that, that will be a challenge for him. Um, he's wrestled him several times. And right. I think they kind of split. Um. So he didn't face him at big 12s because he lost, he would have faced him in the third place match if he wouldn't have lost to Woodley. Um, but uh, he doesn't want to see Woodley. He is not good against Woodley for some reason. Yeah. I, I don't understand that, but uh, it's going to be interesting. And, and again, but if I'm, if, if Bastida goes on a run at, at big at the NCAA tournament, you know, if I'm one of those top seeds like Dean, um, and those folks, I don't want to see Bastida because Bastida wrestles almost like a reckless abandon. He understands he's, he has nothing to lose. You know, he's not expected to win some of these matches. Everybody kind of writes him off because he doesn't have any mat skills, but I'll say it for the third time. He can take anybody down in the nation. And uh, that, that just racks a lot of people's nerves. And, and that bracket is, I'm assuming, way more open just because of AJ Ferrari not being there. Correct. So it was essentially that from the beginning of the year, it was Max Dean, AJ Ferrari, Max Dean from Penn state. Uh, and then AJ Ferrari from Oklahoma state. That was the only discussion. Well, that's changed now. The biggest reason is AJ Ferrari returning national champ was in a horrific car accident earlier this year and is not, and is out for the year, not wrestling. Uh, and then obviously Max Dean just, you know, he, 
He got he me. He's shown some right? weakness. He has some losses. Yep. Um, he he was at Cornell, uh, switched to Penn State. Uh, the rumors are it was COVID-related, and the Ivy League schools and their COVID uh, regulations are a lot stricter than the Big Ten. Um, so that was the rumor of what, what drove him there. Which is uh, kind of funny because, honestly, of the big power conferences, the Big Ten's been about as strict as any of them. Right. But the Ivy League schools, like, they didn't even wrestle last year at all. So, um, yeah, 197 is very, very, very open. Yeah, so so maybe expect him to finish. What, what do you have to get to get All-American? It, top eight. Top eight is All-American. Um, that would be overachieving for Bastida, in my opinion, but not impossible. That would be a lot of fun to see. And uh, I, that's, you know, one of those – secret uh wishes you kind of keep to yourself like oh i'd really like to see this happen even though it's unlikely i would really be happy for bastida uh to see to to watch that happen and and for the entire iowa state coaching staff because that would really be on them to be able to take someone who is so prolific at freestyle and be able to coach them up and train them into an all-american on folk style and and legitimately two years take him from uh, nobody else recruited him to an all-american at 197 would be a real, real feather in Iowa State's coaching uh, staff's hat. All right, let's go, uh, you know, kind of go back to, to 141. Uh, Ian Parker, um, he got fifth. Um, not where he wanted. That, that was by far and away, not even close to what he should have got. You're, you're absolutely right. And I don't know if it had to do. So he Ian said Parker, he was sick or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, and that could definitely be it. Um, <laughs> That weight cut for Parker is is something to talk about. He's a 49-pounder, um, but obviously Deegan came back for his seventh year, and I think it made this team stronger for Parker to go to 141. Deegan can't get any smaller. I mean, he's – Well, he's like 6'2 or 6'3, yeah, right? Yeah, there's nothing left to take off him. So Parker, good for him uh, to suck down to 141 for him, but I think that weight cut um, wears on him. And at this point in the year – you've had that you're you've kept your weight down for four months now essentially it starts to wear on you uh and things like getting sick happen more often right um if you're not eating at full feed and you're exercising and uh you know you've got to do extra work for weight cutting um you don't sleep as well uh, you just get sick more often so it's something he has to deal with i would expect him to bounce back at uh at ncaa's do a little bit better he's a uh, he's a 13 seed yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, that'd make him a round of 12 guy. I, I just don't, 141, that's a, man, that's a buzzsaw there. I don't see him making All-American. Again, like I talked about at 125, if he can go to the backside and rack up three, four points, um, Dresser, Metcalf, and St. John have to feel good about that. And that's going to help, again, put them in the discussion for a top 10 finish. All right, uh, 150 or 149, sorry, uh, Jarrett Dagan. Um, he got fourth, and he's a 17 seed. Yep. Um, I think he has to be a little disappointed in that fourth-place finish. He's he's Obviously, he's been injured. He was, was it last year he was injured and didn't wrestle hardly at all. Yeah, he's had shoulder problems. So that – and you're – I mean, he's, he's 25 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I compare him and – Michael Kimmer from Iowa, who's their 174 pounder, about the same. They've they've got 20 years of wrestling on their bodies, and 
Um, that's tough. Kemmer has been hurt all year. He wears a big shoulder brace, two knee braces. Um, and Deegan, I think, is in the same. He doesn't have any braces or anything like that, but his body's just not holding up like he wanted it to. Um, where did he, what'd you say? Where did he land for a, a seed? 17th. 17th. So let's. That's so one thing got... I want to talk about. And I was talking with my friend, Brett, who, who is a big wrestling guy. Trying to find out and reading brackets for like a whole tournament is super, super hard. They got to figure something else out. You go to that flow wrestling and you have to click each different weight. Um, it's hard to follow and it's hard it to is. see a bracket. Um, wrestling needs to figure that out a lot easier. They need to be able to, you know, kind of like the NCAA tournament basketball bracket where you got all 68 teams where you kind of just move around and, and slide it around to see a bracket instead of having to click on all these different pages. It's yeah. hard to follow. It is hard to follow. And one of the reasons is there's 10 brackets, not one, right? right. And, and I understand that, but it's just like dad and I were trying to follow last weekend. I was over there and we were trying to follow and pulling it up on the computer or trying to on your phone. And it's like, I have no idea. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it is hard because you don't fall straight to the backside sometimes. And it's not pure double elimination. Um, well, and then the other thing is, and I was talking to Brett a little bit about it, but like the one seed wrestled in the opening round. And the eight seed didn't wrestle till like two rounds later. I'm like, well, that's weird, but it's yeah. because they can get bonus points. And I don't, I mean, it's right. It's hard. And, you know, technically 33 wrestlers qualify for the NCAA tournament. So they have a pigtail to wrestle in the 33 and 32 guy wrestle to get in. Um, but at least in the NCAA tournament, they all actually, you know, they, they actually wrestle according to seeds, like in the big 12. Right. I don't think they wrestled according to seeds too much. I mean, it no, just it looked was, weird. Maybe they did, but it, they, it they looked did, really weird. That first round, you they draw it. Uh, so it's not purely by seeding, and it has to do with. Well, it's so like a David Carr can go pin his first guy and get six points. Right. That that would be something. And it's actually not six. So six or, points is what you get in the duel. Right. Um, or whatever. Yeah. It's again, it's different in tournaments, which makes it hard. That has been a discussion that's been ongoing for five years. Wrestling is not kind to the casual fan and it's hard to grow the sport. Yeah. When you have like, someone like you, I was trying sports. to follow along and it was super hard. Yeah. You, you love sports. Uh, you're knowledgeable about brackets and dumb elimination brackets and all that stuff. And yeah, even I, I, you, I make that stuff. That's what I do for a living. You right. Know. You come into it and you can't follow it. That's a problem. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion uh, about, you know, should it not be 32 wrestlers? I mean, there's only 80 ish, about 80 D1 programs. Right. So essentially about half of the wrestlers are getting into the NCAA tournament. That well, and, may be too many. And then I would even say this, like even watching it. Now, I don't know how the big out we were, but on on the Big 12 was on the ESPN app, which is fine. I have ESPN plus and I get it. But then you had to click, you had to go to the multi, to the, to the one that had four, figure out which mat the Iowa State wrestler was at, click on that, and then get out of that one, go to that mat and watch that one. If you just wanted to watch that one again, it's just hard. Why do you have to have four mat? I mean, why can't the sessions last longer? Why do you have to have four mats going at the same time? I guess that would be another thing. It's just hard. Yeah. I mean, and you might have two Iowa State guys going at the same time. Right. And it just. So it just makes it hard. And I know there's a lot of matches. So, I mean, I get that, but it right. was just very hard to follow. If you, there was around probably 200 matches at the big 12 tournament. And I'm going to guess there's around 250, 260 at the big 10 tournament. Yeah. You got to have four mats. Otherwise it's going to I mean, I'd under, it was just, again, it was just hard because you had to so, go in and out 
Yeah, it is hard and you got to be dedicated to it. Um, so Aaron Morrow, who's my friend that I, from college, I go to all the Iowa meets with, you mentioned that in the opening. So he's going to come up. We, we go to someone's house every single year and watch wrestling. Yeah, and you we need like up, three or four TVs. We set computers. up four TVs. Yeah. We set up four TVs. It's the only way you can do it. We have our big TV and that's set to the multi-mat viewing, right? Yeah. So we're, we've got, I mean, at the NCAAs, it's going to be, I think, six mats. Six mats will be going at one time, maybe even eight. Um, so we'll have it set to the multi-view and then we'll identify, oh, you know, Matt one has an Iowa wrestler, Matt six has an Iowa state wrestler. And, you know, Matt three has, you know, say maybe Cade DeVos um, who wrestles for South Dakota state, but went to Southeast Polk and we, we want to watch him. Well, those are three matches we want to watch. And then we'll select those on our three smaller TVs. Yeah. And we'll, that's the only way to do it. If you want to watch it, it is hard. And you're right. All these points you bring up get brought up a lot about it's not kind to the casual fan, someone who is slightly interested in wrestling and wants to watch it or wants to follow it gets frustrated and just moves away from it yeah i mean um, it was i mean again like you said you have to be dedicated like it's almost like i wanted to be able to just select hey can i click iowa state and then every time an iowa state wrestler comes up that's what would come up that's almost that, what needs to happen like, you're right be able to select a team or two teams that you like a favorite that automatically goes to your screen if that wrestler's wrestling yeah now that takes a lot I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of technology, right. but you got some, you mentioned full wrestling earlier, who kind of on the forefront of streaming and they've been streaming since the mid, I would say maybe 2011, 2012, they started streaming wrestling events. You're never going to get a, a place like ESPN to implement that type of technology for wrestling. They're just, there's not enough viewers. They are not going to dedicate the money and the technology to do it, but flow wrestling. That would be awesome. If you could do that, just select, select your team, right? This is who I want to watch. And, um, you know, there's, uh, the way we accomplish it a lot too, is we follow like Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines register, right. KJ Pilcher from the Gazette. Those guys are big wrestling people and they go down there and we'll literally we'll follow them on Twitter and they give a heads up. Hey, uh, Brody Teske from who wrestled at, uh, I think Fort Dodge and now wrestles for you and I, um, he's coming, he's gonna be coming up on that six, uh, you know, and you know, go ahead and click on that. So yep, it's and then we'll go ahead and click on that. And that's how, that's how we accomplish it. But again, Listen, you're listening to the dedication, right? We've got four TVs going. We've got our phones going on Twitter. Uh, that's a lot of time and energy uh, to do it. And it doesn't, it also doesn't breed fun sports watching and the fact that you can't watch wrestling at a bar if you want to do that. No. You know, you can't, go to, you can't go to a bar and have a couple of drinks and get some appetizers with your buddies and watch wrestling like that because yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings doesn't have commercials on the wrestling tournament. Right. And they're not going to let us take over four TVs and have us uh, switch, switch from this to this to this. And that's uh, another thing that has been discussed with wrestling is why would you try to just go? Why do you want to go against the NCAA tournament this weekend? I, that's a great question. Um, again, that's been in the, the discussion. That, that, that as a casual sports fan, and I will tune in and I'll try to watch, but I will not watch the NCAA tournament. I'm having basketball on. No, Sorry. You, and you're just like everyone else. Um they've so wrestling is technically a two-semester sport now, right, right? there's starting, been talk of just starting in the second semester do it in like april or first week of yep. may and i i that would be my preference if i ran the world that's the way i would do it make it a one semester um sport and you have your ncaa tournament in april uh late april early may you know um because yeah why why are you going against i don't know one of the top five sporting events in the world every year i mean would you say the the basketball ncaa tournament oh, is I for a, it, it's arguably the biggest weekend in in America by far. I mean, right. it's uh, it's because it's an entire weekend. Like the Super Bowl is a big deal. 
but for those four days, there's not a lot that gets done in America. Right. Especially Thursday and Friday. Exactly. How many people burn their vacations this week? Oh, for, yeah. for I, mean, I have spring break, so it's not yeah. a big deal, but there's times I haven't had spring break and I took a day off or whatever. Yep. Like I'm one out. It's spring break. So a lot of people take it off for their kids. And number two, Thursday and Friday, you can watch basketball all day. Yeah. From about yeah. 10 a.m. to midnight. Yep. So I, I don't know. Great questions. Uh, this is a really interesting uh, little side where, you know, we didn't talk about, we talked about where we're going to talk about and seating and stuff like that. And, but wrestling does need to fix itself to make it more appealing to the casual fan. All right. Um, let's go, you know, to 157 with Iowa State. By far and away, Iowa State's best wrestler. You know, one Big 12 wrestler of the year, three time champ, David Carr, number one seed. If he doesn't win it, it'll be a disappointment. I mean, it's Absolutely. just that simple. And in my opinion, so his biggest uh, rival at 157 or challenge at 157 is going to be Ryan Deacon from Northwestern. Um, but I watched Ryan Deacon wrestle at the Big Ten tournament and I was underwhelmed. Uh, he won it, of course, but there was no one at 157 the caliber of, of David Carr. David Carr, uh, I hate to say this, but he's next topic at 157. Um, he should win it. He shouldn't struggle. Uh, if is, I, is he an Olympic? Absolutely. Like gold medal challenging. I mean, you don't know absolutely. if you ever win it, but yeah, I mean, he, he will be in the discussion. Yeah. He will. I foresee him if he can stay healthy, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. He has so far. Um, he, he will always, he will make several teams and he will have many world medals, hopefully a gold medal uh, before he decides to hang his shoes up. Uh, he's fun to watch too. That's the best part about it. He is fun to watch. Uh, you can see he enjoys it every minute. He's out on the match, out on the mat. He's having fun. He's there to entertain the crowd. Um, and that's what you, I mean. He's just, he's, he's Iowa a, state's leader in more ways than one. You yes. can make an argument that he is the face of Iowa state athletics earlier it's, this it's, fall. He, uh, they opened up that new facility. You saw when you were there, um, that new facility right outside. And he was the athlete that taught that how mm -hmm. it's going to benefit even the wrestlers. Yes, it's right by the football stadium, but that place is really for all athletes with food and uh, the, the training and the academics and everything's there. But that's who was chosen at Iowa State. It wasn't a football player. It wasn't a women's basketball player. It wasn't a men's basketball player. It was a wrestler, which makes a little sense in Iowa, but it was him that they had talk as, as an athletic representative. Sure. And, and there's a, probably a couple of reasons behind that. I mean, Nate Carr is his dad yeah. who wrestled at Iowa state was an Olympian. Um, so he's a legacy there at Iowa state. And even, so you like, you talk to our dad, you know, he remembers Nate, uh, Nate Carr and stuff like that. So uh, having David Carr speak one, he's articulate, he's intelligent, uh, all, all he's charismatic. So that makes a good speaker. Right. And then you, he speaks to the younger generation uh, and then the Iowa, all the fans, and yeah. then also because he's Nate Carr's son, he speaks to people like our dad, you know, that, that have the money that, that put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great representative and you're right. I, I would argue that David Carr is the Spencer Lee for uh, Iowa state, uh, you know, Spencer Lee, Iowa was kind of down for a few years. Right. And then they landed Spencer Lee and he turned that program back into an elite program, uh, an annual contender for the national championship. Iowa state was down. Right. And they made a coaching change, you know, which, which is Kevin. weird because Kevin Jackson is a great coach and he's an assistant at Michigan now who just won the big tens. Right. And I Kevin saw, him, I mean, I guess he just wasn't a head coach. I mean, that, I, I, mean I don't, 
I don't know what happened there. Uh, Kevin Jackson is an amazing coach. He was loved at the Olympic Training Center, and he spent forever there. Uh, he's was an amazing wrestler, uh, obviously, obviously, you know, he, and I don't know what happened there. It's hard to say. It, you wonder. I mean, you wonder what happened. I don't know. Um, but they they made a really good hire in Kevin Dresser. Pollard made a really good hire in Kevin Dresser. And then the Dresser only thing did, I heard is Kevin Jackson is a really good coach for really, really good wrestlers, like Olympic style wrestlers. Okay. But to, but to coach up a guy that's, you know, just going to be a college wrestler, maybe he wasn't as good, good at. And that's fair. I, I had not heard that, but that makes sense. And Iowa state's never going to recruit the top five guys. Right. Uh, and, and that's where Doug Schwab up at UNI has accepted that as well. He's never going to get the blue chip recruits and Iowa state's going to be the same way. If they're going to come back to national title contender contending, they're going to have to realize they're going to have to bring that, you know, the number 20 guy, they're going to have to bring him up to a, an all American, you know, uh, things like that. And they're doing that. They're doing that. Kevin Dresser, Brent Metcalf, uh, Derek St. John, they're, they're doing that. How much um, do those guys really not like the Hawkeyes? I mean, I know they're all Hawkeyes. They, they like them. I mean, don't kid yourself. They wrestled there and everything, but it just seems like they don't like each other. Or is it a show? Or is it a little bit of a show? I think they truly don't like each other. And then they play it up because they understand it sells tickets, yeah. uh, which is good for them. Right. Or it's, yeah. it's a, it's a sport. It's supposed to entertain, yeah. get people interested. Good for them. I, so Brent Metcalf obviously wrestled at Iowa under the brands. So did Derek St. John, right. Brent Metcalf won. I mean, he went down to Virginia tech, followed brands down there from Michigan and then followed him back up to Iowa. He's a brands guy through and through. And then brands coached him. He wrestled at the Hawkeye wrestling club for his senior level. So his world type world, and Olympic aspirations. And he fell short, real short. Everyone thought he was going to be a world medalist, maybe an Olympic medalist, and he never got one medal. Um, and then at, when he failed that last time, I guess him and Brains had some type of discussion, like um, maybe this isn't the place for you, or maybe you need to take some time off. And Metcalf was very offended by that. And uh, I think that's where they went south and went, it went sour. I don't know where Derek St. John, where it went south. I think maybe because uh, he won a national title under Brands. Uh, He's from Iowa City, uh, you know, wrestled at Iowa City West. Uh, and uh, But his little brother, Skyler, went to Iowa State. And so I think that was a draw to go over there. And obviously Kevin Dresser, a uh, great coach, a uh, chance to go be an assistant coach. St. John wasn't going to get that opportunity at Iowa. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I get the going there to coach. I mean, because those opportunities don't happen at Iowa, you know, whatever. But it just seems they don't like each. I mean, you can coach whatever school you want. Like, yeah. well, I'm an Iowa State guy or or whatever. But, you know, if Kurt Ferentz called me tomorrow and gave me an assistant coaching job, see ya, I'll wear that Hawkeye uh, stuff uh, right there. I mean, I'll, I'll right. go make $300,000 or whatever. And, yeah, I'll put on right. the black and gold. I don't care. I think it comes down to dresser and brands. They're two very different people, very different types of coaches. Um, brands, both brands, Tom and Terry are very intense oh and, and did you have you watched that big 10 thing on them I, after the big 10 wrestling it was on and i watched it it was really good it was I, really, I, really you good. know i i haven't i haven't watched it um i've heard really good things about it i've always intended to watch it but i just i just haven't watched it yet um they're intense uh and there's sometimes a lot to take uh at the iowa state iowa duel this year as an iowa fan um and i was wearing iowa gear sitting in Iowa state season tickets, mainly Terry, the way he acted, uh, I, 
it didn't really sit well with me. Um, and so I understand why the Iowa State coaching staff got a little upset. Uh, now it happened afterwards. I think it was equal. It was 50-50. Terry shouldn't have run over like he did and stuck out his hand. That was really aggressive. You don't do that. It's a, at that point, you walk over there, you shake hands, you move on. Um, and he kind of led the charge over there. And he, inst he, I would say he was 70% responsible and maybe Iowa State was 30% responsible because he didn't ever, he rushed over there and stuck his hand out really aggressively and then he got shoved. So he didn't technically throw the first punch or, you know, make the first move, but, but his actions, walked. his actions didn't help. Right. Right. If he would have walked over there and stuck his hand out, like they do 90% of the time, he would have never gotten shoved, you know, but I, I think they truly don't like getting back to your original question. I don't, they truly don't like each other. Uh, and then they also play it up a little bit. I agree. And, and like we said, that that's a good thing for wrestling. Yep. Cause it is a, that's the only way it gets on TV. I mean, yep. right. And, or wrong. and honestly, the, I mean, the Iowa State meet used to be a little bit lackluster. I mean, I, I went to it a few years ago. You couldn't go, or maybe you did go. I don't know. Uh, I and don't it, remember. And it was awful. I mean, I yeah. don't, Iowa State, I don't know if I had a, had a takedown all match. They won one match and it was a medical forfeit. I don't even remember yeah. what it was. It was so, two or so three that was no fun. Um, and now that Iowa State's coming back, uh, and this year, uh, obviously, Bastida upset Warner. And obviously, at the time, Warner was ranked number three in the nation. And Bastida, I don't even think was in the rankings because it was early, right? It was December. Right. And that was amazing uh, for the Iowa State crew. And uh, that makes it fun. I'm, I'm so glad Iowa won. Of course, I want Iowa to win. But I was entertained for 10 matches. And that I would rather go be entertained for 10 matches and have the stress of, oh, this is too close, than to sit there for an hour and a half and watch Iowa put, on a, put down a takedown clinic like the wrestling on the high school team. Yeah. So and that's what it was. That's what it was a few years ago. Yeah, it was. Yep. And that's why I said Dresser's doing all the right things there. Uh, he's got that that program moving in the right direction. It's exciting to watch. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was bad too. It was Iowa State medical forfeited or whatever against Spencer Lee, and then I think the only win was maybe it was Carr's freshman year was Carr, and they medical forfeited against him. So it was. Okay. You didn't even watch the two best wrestlers wrestle. I mean, right. it was awful. Yep. And and that and that medical redshirt that's a that's a big thing, right? That's as a casual fan, I heard a lot about that in the Big Tens. Not from Iowa and other teams yeah. not wrestling their guys when they could. Yeah, so, yeah, medical forfeiting is a big deal. And, uh, you know, Iowa caught a lot of flack for it, and rightfully so, in my opinion. They always talk about we'll wrestle anywhere, anyone, anytime. Nobody likes tough wrestling like we like tough wrestling. We're tough people. And then um, I, they had four, four wrestlers, four of ten, 40% of the wrestlers medical forfeited out of the tournament. So um, at 174, I mentioned his name earlier. Michael Kemmer, he's beat up. He didn't wrestle most of the year. He's got three braces on his body. And in his quarterfinal match, his shoulder actually came out, and they had to take a medical timeout, uh, essentially, to put his shoulder back in. And then he finished the match. And then he forfeited out the rest of it. He just couldn't wrestle. His is legitimate, right? Um, and then Drake Ayala, Iowa's 125-pounder, Fort Dodge wrestler, uh, war, junior world medalist. Say, say he's supposed to be super, super good. Just not this year because Spencer Lee was supposed to still be there. Right. And, but Drake hurt his shoulder. He has a giant shoulder brace on. The rumor is it's a, it's a labrum issue. Uh, and that wouldn't surprise me if it is. So he, again, he medical forfeited his last match because it would have done him no good to win that match or lose that match. Um, and so why risk the chance of injury? Mm -hmm. uh, and then 
Iowa forfeited 141. Uh, Jaden Ironman uh, against Lee of Penn State, who he lost to earlier this year. He medical forfeited, uh, which is suspect. Uh, and then obviously Tony Cassiope, Iowa's heavyweight medical. That's, forfeit that's the one that people weren't happy with because they want to watch Gable Stevenson wrestle. Right. Uh, and the rules of medical forfeit is Ironman and Cassiope probably benefited from medical forfeiting. If they were going to lose, most likely. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't get dinged for medical forfeit. It doesn't go as a loss on their record when they do seating. So, at, so were, at, were they trying to keep a higher seed for the national tournament? I think it was 60% trying to keep a higher seed, 40% they were injured. Uh, Cassiope uh, apparently did something to his knee in the, the Kirk Fleet match, which was he wrestled Kirk Fleet from Penn State in the semis. Uh, or in the, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was quarters or semis, but he wasn't wearing anything on his knee at the beginning of the weekend. And when he came out for his semifinal match, he had a knee brace on. Um, and you could see he wasn't the normal Tony Cassiope. So I'm not saying he doesn't have a small injury, um, but could he have wrestled? I believe he could have. And I'm really disappointed uh, that the fans didn't get to see Gable Steveson truly win his, his last big 10 title and to watch him wrestle. I've got to see him wrestle. I think three times he's fun to watch. He's what college wrestling needs. People like him fun to watch. And, and he's a gold medalist. How many gold medalists are we going to get to watch in Midwest in the Midwest? Not many. So for that crowd to miss out on that opportunity and for, and really for, for Gable Steveson to miss out on the opportunity to, to wrestle a match and, uh, and go out like that was disappointing but they're gonna to have to change rules to medical forfeits it happened all over the big 10 i think um someone said there was 22 matches 25 matches medical forfeited at big 10s i mean iowa benefited from from some medical forfeits as well i think max murin ended up getting third because uh, the guy he was supposed to wrestle medical forfeited in that uh just and it, it's because it doesn't hurt you if you medical forfeit it doesn't count as a loss yeah that it needs to go as a loss. I mean, it does you know. at a very minimum it needs to go as a loss. And, uh, you know, some people are saying if you medical forfeit at your conference tournament, you can't participate in the NCAAs. They say that's one of the solutions. And I don't think they're off base. If you're so no, injured, if, yeah, you, let's say if you're hurt, that's fine. It's okay. Right. If you're so you're telling us you're injured, you're so injured. You cannot wrestle. You are medically, it's medically impossible for you to wrestle. How are you going to be better in 10 days to be a viable candidate to wrestle and wrestle well at the NCAA tournament. Right. You're not. Everybody's it, hurt. It's uh, are you, the, the argument of hurt or injured. Right. So, um, I, I, again, if they say you're ineligible for the NCAA tournament because you medical forfeited out of your conference, I, I, that might be an okay thing. And I it would stop it right there. If, yeah. So then it doesn't happen. You, if, if you medical forfeit, you are hurt and or injured. Yep. And you're yep. done. And that's okay. And th yep. there's nothing wrong with that if that's right. what happened. And, and there's talk about it because essentially the trainer from each uh, team needs to say, um, yeah, this person's too injured to wrestle. And that's how they get the medical forfeit. Some people are saying there needs to be a, an independent trainer, but that's not going to work because no one's going to want to take that liability, right? You're that independent trainer. You go, yep, you are just fine. You can wrestle. And then you go out and wrestle and you blow your knee out. Um, nobody wants that liability. I, I, I think the first step is to say all medical forfeits all year long count as a loss. Um, and then, uh, you know, if that doesn't work, 
<laughs> maybe you do go on to the fact that if you met medical forfeit at your conference tournament, because NCAAs are only 10 days later, you clearly are not medically fit to also wrestle NCAAs because you're essentially taking a spot from someone else, right? right. So let's say I am a little dinged up and I'm not at full strength. Let's say I'm 75% because I've got a, a, a dinged up finger, you know, a, a, um, and I medical forfeit out for my finger. Well, who's to say I'm supposed to get, you know, the seventh seed at NCAAs and take that seed away from someone else who now drops to, let's say the eighth seed. And then I push, you know, that 32, 33 seed out of the tournament when they're fully healthy and they can come and, and wrestle and entertain the people like they need to be. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Um, let's go up to, you know, we kind of got way off base there, but 165, Isaac judge got sixth. This was one guy that I, when I was sitting, my dad watching this, he didn't really know anything about, has he not wrestled all year for Iowa state and then just won that weight class and, and earned that right. So they, I can't remember. They've had a couple of different people wrestle at 165, judge being one of them. Um, but he's been in and out of the lineup. His sixth place finish doesn't surprise me. That's about where I'd pick him to finish. Either the wrestler, I can't remember who else will wrestle at 165 right now off the top of my head, but that's pretty average. Um, he didn't, he did not get selected. No, that's, uh, that's the one he yep. needed to win that match before um, that last match he wrestled. He yep. won the last, no, he got beat, but he needed to win the one before to guarantee a spot. That right. weight he class didn't have a whole bunch of allocations which is a whole nother argument about that makes yeah. zero sense to me either as a casual fan. One as weight a, class has 10 places and one weight cup class has four. That's a whole different argument on confusing the heck out of people. But as a, that weight yeah. class in the Big 12 did not have as many as most of them. Right. As a dedicated fan, I don't understand the allocations. I don't understand how they do it. Um, uh, that's, again, where they talk about going to that 16-person bracket instead of 33. Um, you know, you – you take all your conference champs, they get an automatic bid into the 16-man bracket, right? It doesn't matter if you win Big 12s, Big 10s, EIWA, wherever. You win your conference tournament, you're an automatic bid. Everyone else is selected. Uh, and there's even talk of having like a qualifying tournament, right? So you take your, uh, you know, whatever remaining seeds you have left. Let's say there's 11 seeds left. If you want to go, you didn't win your conference, you want to go to NCAAs, you got to go wrestle the next weekend too. And you got to go qualify. You got to get top 10, top 11, whatever it works out to be um, to make your way into the bracket. And again, that would be fun. And you're not going to see medical forfeits at that, that either, no. because yeah, you, if you have to, I mean, I guess you could, if you're, if you are wrestling for seventh or eighth or whatever, sure. you know you're in, but, but to get to those places, you're not going to. Right. And, and again, if you're Jaden Ironman wrestling Lee from Penn state, are you going to medical forfeit at your conference tournament? If you're wrestling for first and that's the only automatic bid, yeah. And if you wrestle and win, you don't have to wrestle the next week and you're automatically in and you're going to have a top four seed. Um, so a lot of solutions out there for the shortcomings of wrestling. And I hope they take some of them. I think that uh, the allocations aren't going to go away anytime soon, but they'll do something about that medical forfeit on, in the off time. All right. So he got about there. 174, uh, Joel Devine. He got seventh and a 24 seed. Yep. He's going to fall to the backside. Um and the, like I've said, I, I'm, it's a common theme for Iowa State. They're going to have to make some noise on the backside if they want to finish top 10. So, not, I mean, not much to say about him, really. Uh, and then 184, this was an interesting and kind of a heartbreaking. Marcus Coleman got third, wrestled really, really well, got beat. I guess he was informed right before this match, which 
I, I, whatever. Everybody has their own things, but that his grandpa died like right before his match or during the tournament, yeah. lost the one, but then in his third place match, scored like 20 points. Yeah, it was 19, 19 to six, I think. Right. So um, he got third, about what he should have got, I think, but he definitely would have had a chance in the in the you know finals if if he would have got there. And then he's an eight seed. So I mean he's supposed to win a match or two. Right. So he lost on the front side uh in the semifinals, he lost to Kent from a zoo, who he also lost to in the duel. And I don't know what it is. Um in the duel, I didn't watch the Kent Coleman match from the Big 12, but I watched the duel and Kent threw Coleman for a six-point move. So he took him down, took him right to his back, which is two points for the takedown and four near fall points. And uh Coleman he took him down and he held him on his back for a long time. And, but Coleman almost came back and won that match in the duel. Um, and I didn't watch the, uh, the big 12 match, but it, the score was eight to four. And I heard it was along the same thing. That first, that first period didn't go well for Coleman. He dug himself in a hole and then he tried to come back and just couldn't quite get it done. Um, he's another one who obviously I, I think he's a fifth year senior this year. And so we've watched him, I've watched him for several years and he's been, yeah. he's, a, he's an, and he's an Ames, Iowa guy. So, I mean, yep. he, he's from there and everything. So he was up at he, one. If, if Iowa state wants that top 10 finish, he needs to perform well, get all American yep. and, and all that. He has to. Yep. And I think he will. I, I, I do think he will really great chance to all American. He's that eight seed, which I think is accurate. And I, he, is fun to watch. He wrestled up at 197 two years ago, I think, and then came back down to 184. And I think 184 is a better weight for him. He's leaner, uh, and he he has a really great gas tank on him. That's how he almost came back and beat Kent in the in the Mizzou duel, right? Because he Kent was just tired, didn't want to be on the mat anymore. And Coleman, I think he could have wrestled for 12 minutes. He just literally ran out of time, you know. Um, and when you get into tournaments, that's important. Because you're wrestling your second match of the day or your third match in the last 16 hours, your gasting matters. And I think that's where Coleman, where maybe he faces someone who is maybe a little more technically savvy than him or more skills. But if it's their third match, you know, it's the blood round. And, you know, that's where Coleman can make up a difference and go out and All-American, which he needs to do. And I hope he does. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, 197, we talked Batista got fifth, and he's a 10 yep. seed. Bastida, yep. Yep, Batista, yeah, Bastida, sorry. And, yeah, so, I mean, he he just needs to do his thing and, and hopefully gets All-American. That's his goal. Yep. Uh, and then heavyweight, uh, Sam uh, Schuyler, Schuyler. 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 Uh, he got fourth. Iowa State did not have a good semifinals. Um, that's really what happened in the Big 12s. They didn't have a whole lot of them, but the only one that won was, was Cars. They didn't have any – other finalists that was a difference in the big 12s for iowa state he got fourth um and he's a 24 seed so again he's probably going to the backside pretty quickly and, and he's got to win on the backside yeah you're exactly right um overall i think a top 10 finish for iowa state is unlikely um so they are truly a way better dual team because they really they don't have great wrestlers but they don't have bad wrestlers either but they're just right. not i mean you, you can look there's only two seeds in the top 10 or right. three, so, three i guess if you count actually number 10 it comes down to scoring right right david carr i mean to win a duel i mean you probably score 24 25 points total right yeah. uh when you have david carr scoring five or six points every single meet 
you know, you're a quarter of the way there. Right. Um, you know, uh, when you have Coleman always scoring at least three, sometimes four, maybe five points, you're halfway there with two of your wrestlers. Right. Yeah. Um, so they are a better dual team than a tournament team. Um, but that's okay. Uh, that's, you see that in teams that are rebuilding or coming back to national prominence. They, when they start to claw their way back, uh, first they start winning a lot of duels and going undefeated in their dual meet season, like Iowa State did, except for Iowa. And they went undefeated in the Big 12, right? They went down to Oklahoma State, beat Oklahoma State, which is great. Um, but uh, it's, a different, it's a different beast. Tournaments are a different beast, you know? So it is what it is. All right, now let's uh, move to Iowa. Uh, they got third, 129 and a half points, 14 and a half behind Michigan. And then Penn State and Michigan were only like a point apart. So they weren't actually that close to being the winners, but third place, probably about where you expected. Was Michigan winning a big upset in the Big 12 or Big 10? Sorry. Absolutely. Uh, I listened to Full Wrestling's podcast and uh, they said, I think the odds of the, the Vegas odds were crazy. Uh, 2,500. I, I don't understand odds like you guys do, but. 2,500 to one, something, something absolutely astronomical. That would have been a good payout for a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Um, They wrestled out of their minds. At one point they had won 17 matches in a row. Oh, that's unheard of. And I think when it came down to the end of it, that little stretch right there, which would have been quarterfinals, semifinals and the consolation semifinals. um, Well, that's just a lot of points right there. Right. Those 24 matches, they went something like 22 and 24. They won 22 of those 24 matches, and that's how they did it. Um, they also did it by upsetting uh, Aaron Brooks at 184, uh, you know, the, the returning national champ for Penn State. Um, that's awesome. Uh, Max Dean going out winning a Big Ten championship. Uh, getting the, the medical forfeit uh, for Penn State uh, at 141, you know, that's, that's what even kept it close because Penn State got pinpoints, right? So they got – more points because Jay, uh, Jane Ironman didn't wrestle, but I'm really happy for uh, Sean Bormetz, their, their coach up there at Michigan, along with Kevin Jackson, they're doing things right up there. Um, they were, they were always going to be in the discussion. Uh, but the way they had wrestled all year, Penn state went to Michigan for the duel and wiped the mat with them. And so after that Michigan fell out of favor, they're like, Oh, they can't compete. They can't compete, but they really did. They wrestled, they wrestled out of their minds at big tens and that's how they won, but that's what it takes. Right. All right. So let's just kind of go through uh 125, uh, Drake Ayala, he got eighth and he's the 13th seed in the, and, and this is what's going to be interesting is, is the place they got uh, in the, is, uh, and the difference between Iowa and Iowa state, uh, they got a lot more higher places. And then as, as you're going to go, they're got, they got almost, all top 10 seeds except for a couple so it just shows the difference in iowa and iowa state wrestling right now but so he got eighth and he's the 13th seed again he was not supposed to be here this year so he's uh trying to make up for maybe not being planned here right so he wasn't obviously everyone intended on spencer lee wrestling um and then just couldn't because he doesn't have any acls he had to go get those fixed um so they pulled drake's red shirt a year early um and then he ended up getting hurt, he, um, which is just awful. Like to get your red shirt pulled and then to get hurt. You know, Spencer Lee has a history of scoring 23 to 25 points um, at the Big Ten or the, the NCAA tournament uh, with his 
three national championships and bonus points and a healthy Drake Ayala probably scores 15 and all Americans without a doubt. Uh, if he wrestles out of his mind, maybe gets third or fourth. Now with that bum shoulder, it, you you watch him wrestle from the beginning of the year till now you watch him wrestle and he's that shoulder is hurt. It is hurt. Um, so the 13 seed is accurate for him, especially cause he medical forfeited out of the big 10 tournament and ended up taking eighth. Um, so that's, that's a good seed for him. It, I mean, it, it puts him on the top side. So he's going to meet Nick Suriano from Michigan um, on, on the, uh, if he got, he won't even get to him. I don't even think he'll get to Suriano, but so he wrestles uh, a Chattanooga fella in the first round. He should win that even with a bum shoulder, but then he's probably going to get Brandon Courtney from Arizona state. Who's the number four seed. Um, and I see him losing that. It, it would probably be a coin toss with a help, healthy Drake Ayala, but with that bum shoulder, I think Brandon Courtney wins and, and wins easily. So that's going to throw him to the backside where he's going to have to make some noise if Iowa wants a trophy. Um, All right, uh, 133, uh, Austin DeSanto, he got second, and he's the fifth seed. Well, yeah, that and that's uh, the talk of the all the seeding. The fifth seed for Austin DeSanto is a shame. He's a three seed up and down. His only losses in the last two years are to Roman Bravo Young, the national champ from Penn State, and Dayton Fix a world team medalist. Um, now he is not on their tier. He will, I don't ever see him being Roman Bravo young or Dayton fix, no matter who he faces, but he beats everyone else. I mean, he got third last year at the NCAA tournament this again. And last year only lost to RBY and Dayton fix this year. Again, his only losses, he has three losses, two to Roman Bravo young and one to Dayton fix. And it's not like he's getting blown out by these people either. They're, two point decisions, you know? So the fact that he got the five seed is, it's just, it's a crime. Uh, and I really upsetting that I really wanted to see him get the three seed because I want, so RBY got the one seed, Dayton Fix got the two seed, accurate. I wanted to see Dayton Fix or uh, DeSanto get the three seed because then he would have faced Dayton Fix in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. um, that's a better matchup for him. He cannot take down Roman Bravo Young hasn't done it in the last four matches that they've had not one takedown, not even close to a takedown. And that's how good Roman Bravo Young is. So I wanted to see him wrestle Dayton fix. Uh, I think it's a better matchup for him. Still think he loses, but it's a better chance. But now because he's got the five seed, he's on the top side with RBY. He's yep. going to face RBY, um, which is too bad, but I still see him. Uh, he'll wrestle back. If his, if his mind is in it, um, He'll get third. Probably really sick and tired of losing to those folks. And he's probably really sick and tired of third place finishes at places like the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. But if his mind's in it, he'll wrestle back to third, no problem. So he he should be one that he'll get a lot of points for Iowa. Yep. And again, he's a bonus point man. I mean, he he is a takedown machine. He's not a good top wrestler, not good on the mat, but he will do the whole take him down, let him up, take him down, let him up. And that's how he scores his major decisions and his technical falls. Um and yeah, that if Iowa wants a trophy, which they should, I mean, I really do feel like Iowa will walk away with a trophy, trophy which is top four at the tournament. Uh, but they need him to score points. They need him to score 16, 17 points with that third place finish and, and some bonus points. Uh, 141, uh, Jay Nierman, uh, yep, he got second, and he's a, he's a number two seed. Yep, so that's accurate. Again, his own, um, he lost. So last year at the Big Ten tournament, he beat Nick Lee from Penn State. And then at the tournament, they met on Saturday night uh, again, and he lost to Nick Lee. 
Um, he lost to Nick Lee this year at the duel. Uh, and Nick Lee has separated himself a little bit from Jaden Ironman, in my opinion. And honestly, that's what Kale Sanderson does. He is an amazing coach. He takes your elite wrestlers um, that he recruits who, will, who could probably finish at an All-American every single year anywhere in the nation, any coach, any program, they'd be an All-American, these folks, folks like Nick Lee. Um, he brings them in and he makes them a no-doubt national champion repeatedly. And I think Nick Lee was, a, I think he was a freshman last year, maybe a sophomore. He was young. And Jaden Ironman's a sixth-year senior. So I think Nick Lee got a little intimidated by Jaden Ironman last year at the Big Ten tournament, and that's how Ironman won. Ironman's very funky as well. He's a very unique wrestler. He wants you in on his legs, and then he reverses you or cuts the corner and ends up with a takedown himself. Well, Nick Lee felt him at the Big Ten tournament and then got coached up for the next two weeks and took it to him, took it to an Ironman at the national championship, did the same thing at the duel. Not as bad. It went into overtime, but in overtime, I think Nick Lee took him down in about the first 30 seconds. Um, and I think that would have, that's going to happen again here. This now the rumor is Jaden Ironman has a, a bad knee and he did have a brace on the entire big 10 tournament. So I'm not saying his knee isn't hurt. It is. And that, that doesn't bode well for him either. I mean, hundred percent healthy. He can't beat Nick Lee. So if he's at 85% with a bum knee, um, he's never going to beat him, but I don't see anyone else at 141 really, really competing. Uh, Sebastian Rivera from Rutgers. He's a very talented wrestler, but he medical forfeited out of the Big Ten tournament, and he truly is hurt. It was reported in early February that he might have tore his ACL um, and hasn't wrestled the same since. So Ironman and uh, R Rivera will meet in the semifinals, and they're both banged up. But I think Ironman takes the better of them if since they're both banged up. Let's just talk Kale Sanderson real quick. If he stays at Iowa State, is Iowa State a top five team? Yep. Every year? Every year. His ability, his entire coaching staff. So he's got Jake Varner, Iowa State wrestler, right? Yep. Then he's got his his brother uh, that coaches with him and has been with him. Was it with him at Iowa State, wrestled at Iowa State? And then he's got him. Those three, um, they're just the perfect team. Kale Sanderson uh, can go out and recruit anybody he wants yeah. just from his That's the thing. Player. If he was still at Iowa State, he wouldn't quite be able to recruit like he can at Penn State, which is why he went to Penn State. I disagree. I disagree. I think he could. I think Penn State lured him away with facilities and money. Um, but I think if Kale Sanderson would have stuck it out at Iowa State, I think Pollard would have given him the money, given him the facilities. And I think once those elite wrestlers saw what he was doing, that he was producing national champions, producing Olympic medalists. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. They they tried to keep him yeah. because they forced Bobby Douglas out to give him the head job because they did not want to happen what happened with Dan Gable. It still happened just a few years later. Right. So I listened to a podcast called Wrestling Changed My Life, and they had the, the father, I forget his name, but Kale's father on there, and they talked about it. And Kale, his, his, the way the dad remembers it is Kale was staying at Iowa State. The night before, he had a discussion with him on the phone. He said, I came to Iowa State to do a job. And I'm going to finish a job. I'm going to bring a national championship home. I'm not going to go out to Penn State. Um, it's a nice offer. I appreciate it, but I'm going to stay at Iowa State. And then he, the next morning, he woke up and found out his son was going to coach at Penn State. Uh, so I don't know what happened. Um, I heard it was a lot of money. It, it was a lot of money. Yeah. He, I mean, he, I think they gave him $650,000 and this was what 
10 years ago, 11 years ago. I mean, it's been when, a while. When, yeah. when Brands was making, I think, 150, 200. Yeah. And they did have better facilities. Pennsylvania is a high school hotbed uh, for wrestlers. So, and he probably was a little bit frustrated because he was losing out to Brands on your Midwest recruiting. Right. But I think if Kale would have stayed to Iowa State, those blue chip recruits would have come to Iowa State because of Kale. He would have gotten their front door. Yeah, the first couple of years, he probably would have struggled a little bit, or he did. But once they saw him producing national champions, those blue chip recruits are going to go. Just like, I'll just use Metcalf as the example, right? From Michigan, committed to Virginia Tech to wrestle under brands. Virginia Tech wasn't a bad program, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a national con title contender. It wasn't your Iowa, your Oklahoma State, your Iowa State, you know, back in whatever whatever that was 2008. Yeah. Um, but he got him to come to Virginia tech because of who brands was and brands was an Olympic gold medalist. And he was producing national champions down there at Virginia tech individuals. Kale could have taken the same path. Um, but it's worked out for him very nicely at Penn state. Yeah. So so you can't, he, he's done. He's done this as close to what Dan Gable did at Iowa as you can do in today's athletic. Um, you're not going to have, you know, 10 straight national titles anymore, but he's nope. done, he's done as close as you can do in today's uh, world of wrestling. I would argue, I would argue, and I know my fellow Iowa fans would crucify me for this, but I would argue that Kale Sanderson has maybe done a little bit better because it's just a different atmosphere now with um, there's more people wrestling. There's more elite wrestlers. Again, um, you just look at the, the expansion of high school wrestling and how many high school wrestling academies they are, there are. That now, instead of, you know, you get your few good high school wrestlers out of your big top tier high school wrestling programs, you know, in Iowa, it's Southeast Polk, Fort Dodge, Waverly, Shell Rock, right? That's where everybody came from. And still today, that's where they come from. But now you got these wrestling academies that you get people from like Dubuque, you know, Dubuque wrestling that come and, and compete really, really well. And so uh, he's done an amazing job. All right, uh, let's go uh, 149. Max Mirren got third, and he's the eighth seed. So Max is really fun to watch. Hard-nosed wrestler, gives 110% all seven minutes of the match. Um, but he that eighth seed is perfect for him. He's uh, he'll, he'll win his opening match against uh, Munson from Central Michigan. Caden G. Feller from Oklahoma State. He won that match uh, down in Texas. I see him winning that again. But then in the quarterfinals, he's going to meet Yanni from Cornell, who will wipe the mat with him, and he'll fall to the backside. Yanni's going to win the national championship at 149. He's kind of that next topic at 149, just like Carr is at 157. So, yeah, let's go to 157. Caleb Young, he got fourth, and he's the nine seed. Um, yeah. All-American. All Probably, or maybe I, I doubt it. He's a borderline All-American, but Caleb Young, uh, who a little tidbit here, he's married to Tom Brands' daughter. Right. Uh, so we, we always call him Caleb Brands, and we always say if he would have changed his last name to Brands, he'd wrestle a little bit better. But he's a natural 165-pounder, and he's been wrestling 157. He's also a 60-year senior. Um, that weight cut is too much for him. And so he he just doesn't wrestle as well because it's just too small for him. Um, and because it's so late in the season and I just don't see him all American. Um, he's going to meet David Carr in the quarters. Most likely he might even lose, lose to Brady Berkey from Penn state. And 
uh, that other, the, the previous round. But if he gets past Berge, which they wrestled twice at the Big Ten tournament and Caleb lost both times, but it was close. It was close. Um, he's going to follow the backside. And I don't think he's going to All-American. That's my opinion. All right, 165, uh, Alex Marinelli first, and he's the three seed. He, so, yeah, is I'll, he, he going to compete for the national title, or, or is he just a step below? So he's in the discussion for sure. So Alex Marinelli, has, he's my favorite Iowa wrestler to watch. Four-time Big Ten champion, has performed terrible at the NCAAs always, always. Um, I think uh, one year he did not place. The next year I think he got eighth. Last year he got sixth because he had a medical forfeit out. He lost in the semis. He was by far and away the favorite last year. Um, no one was supposed to compete with him. He lost in the semifinals um, to Shane Griffith from um, Stanford. And he, he broke his rib in that match. And so he had the medical forfeit out, ended up getting sixth because um, he medical forfeited out. Um, but he's never, he's never performed well at the national championship. Um, and this year, um, so Evan Wick is the one seed. Keegan O'Toole from Missouri is the two seed. Evan Wick used to wrestle for Wisconsin. He's now out, out at Cal Poly. Um, Marinelli and Wick obviously wrestled a lot because they were in the same conference, and Marinelli always got the best of them. But Wick took a year off for Olympics, the Olympics, and then came back, and he's been a different person. He's, I think, of his 17 matches, 15 of them were bonus points. And um, so I, he's my favorite to win the national title at 165, Evan Wick from Cal Poly. And I actually think that O'Toole will beat Marinelli in the semis and Marinelli will fall to the backside and, and most likely finish third. All right. Uh, 174, Michael Kemmerer, uh, he got sixth and he's the five seed. So Michael Kemmerer, a healthy Michael Kemmerer is the national is competing for a national title against Carter Starachi from Penn state here. Um, this is another one last year at the big 10 tournament. It was Starachi and Kemmerer in the finals. Kemmerer got the best of them, right? Two weeks later at the national tournament, it was Kemmerer and Starachi in the finals and Starachi got the best of them. And I think it's the same thing as the 141, Nick Lee, Jaden Ironman. Uh, Starachi was a freshman, hadn't ever, ever felt Michael Kemmerer before, uh, before the Big Ten tournament, and was a little bit intimidated by, you know, he was a 19-year-old kid wrestling a 24-year-old man. Uh, and so he got the best of him. But then he took that two weeks and got better, and Kale Sanderson coached him up, and he did what he needed to do to win on Saturday night at the national tournament. Uh, Kemmerer is just too banged up. That shoulder won't stay in. He's wrestling essentially with one arm. Um, and so, you know, honestly, so Hayden Heidley from North Carolina state, um, at the four seed, they would meet in the quarterfinals. And I, I think, I think Heidley beats him, beats Kemmerer and falls to the backside. Kemmerer will wrestle back and, and be an all American, but he's just too beat up to, to truly be in that discussion. And if by some chance he does get past, uh, Heidley, He'll, he'll lose to Starachi. Starachi is just too sound of a wrestler. Um, I think healthy. Kimmer lost to him at the duel. And I think healthy Starachi beats him. And since he's even more banged up, I don't think it's going to be a match. All right. 184, Abe Assad, I think is how you say it. Yep. Um, seventh. And he's the 18th seed. He's by far and away the lowest seed of any Hawkeye. Yep. And I think he loses that opening match to Boland from Virginia Tech. Falls to the backside. Um, he's gonna have to make some noise on the backside, um, but I don't. He won't. He won't be an All-American. Won't really compete for an All-American. He's he's the backup. So Nelson Brands is uh, the who's the son of Terry Brands. 
is Iowa's 184 pounder. He hurt his elbow this year. He had Tommy John surgery. And so Abe Assad's the backup there. Um, and he just hasn't, he was a very, very highly recruited, a lot of excitement there. He was hurt all year last year and this year. Um, he just, it just hasn't quite progressed like everybody thought he would. He's been, I mean, it's hard to call someone a disappointment who, I mean, his, his record's 13 and eight, right? I mean, that's good everywhere except for Iowa, you know? Right. All right, 197, Jacob Warner got fourth, and he's the sixth seed. Yeah, he's going to be – he's someone who is frustrating to watch. Sometimes you watch him wrestle, and you think he can beat anyone in the nation, and he can. He has the skills to do it. As a freshman, he was a world medalist in freestyle, um, and he's won some really big matches for Iowa um, over the years to win some duels and also score some big points in tournaments for them. Uh so, but he's just been a step slow this year. Obviously, it started in December when he lost to Bastida, an unranked wrestler at the time. Now, obviously, we see that Bastida is, shouldn't have been an unranked wrestler in his skills. He was just unknown at the time because he's beat a lot of people this year. Um, so, uh, Jacob Warner has someone I've never heard of uh, in, op uh, in the opening round. And then he's going to probably get, uh, probably get Panola from Purdue. Uh, in round two who he beat earlier this year um and then after that he's going to meet eric schultz from nebraska in the quarterfinals and that's probably where he loses and goes to the backside all right and then heavyweight uh tony cassiope he got second and he's the three seed does he have a chance to you know to not to win it but can he he face uh gable stevenson in the finals yeah if, he, he if he's not hurt i guess would be the thing you know um, of the people who medical forfeited, I think he's probably the least hurt. He, he did, like I said, he dinged up his knee. It appeared in the Kirk fleet match. Um, but even with a dinged up knee, he went out and got a last second reversal to beat Kirk fleet. Uh, and Kirk fleet's a very good wrestler. And if Steveson wasn't there, it would be in the discussion for a national title. Um, so Cassiope, uh, that three seed is appropriate for him. And I, I think he can, I think he can wrestle on Saturday night. Um, good chance uh, to be there Saturday night. Even if he doesn't wrestle there on Saturday night for the championship, he's going to be uh, wrestling for third or fourth and top four finish. Anything other than a top four finish would be a, a, a big disappointment for Tony Cassiope. All right. So just, uh, you know, Iowa State really has one chance at a national title. Uh, who really has a chance for a national title from Iowa? Like if you really, I mean, maybe it's not still not likely, but who it's has not likely. Chance? I don't see anybody pulling off a national title for Iowa this year, which is a disappointment, right? That's uh, that was one of their things. Uh, how many years in a row have they had a national champion at one, one weight, you know, right. uh, the year Derek St. John won, which I, I can't remember what it was. Um, he was their only national champ and Dan Gable was had an interview afterwards. And he just said it was a, just such a big relief to have at least one national champion. Um, and this year, I just don't think it happens, you know, you'd like to think Jaden Ironman and Michael Kemmerer would be right there, but, they're hurt, you know, and their their opponents are elite, and they would. Cassiope, kind of the same thing. He has a chance, but he's just wrestling two. There's two. Gable's not going to lose. Right. Yeah. I mean, Gable's a an Olympic gold medalist. Um, he there's no beating him. He, the only way he loses is if he beats himself. One, he gets injured, or two, uh, you know, at the Big Ten tournament, there was one fella I don't remember his name had Stevenson on his back, 
ever so briefly uh, because Stevenson was doing his thing and just kind of rolled the wrong way once and got out of position for half a second. And there was a big ooh, ah from the crowd. That's the only way Gable Stevenson loses is if he does something funky and, and just gets caught or something, but he's not going to do that at the national tournament. And he would never try something like that against a Tony Cassiope, right? right. Or a Mason Paris or a great Kirk fleet. He was trying something against, uh, you know, the, the 12 seed at the big 10 tournament, you know, because he can, he, uh, it was a drilling session for him. And for a half second, he got caught out of position, but he, he wouldn't do that uh, at the national tournament. He wouldn't risk it. Uh, so he wins no doubt about it. Um, but I don't think Iowa has a national champion this year. All right. And then, so what's your, you know, Iowa state top 10, you don't think so Iowa top three. Yep. I think uh, Michigan can't, in my opinion, can't repeat their performance. Uh, from if the they 10. won that many matches in a row, they're not going to. So they're not. Yeah. I mean, um, just not going to happen. Can't repeat that. And, and plus some of, you know, some of the places they won, there's other competitors from the big 12 and from the EIWA, they're going to take them out. Those wrestlers that scored big points at the big tens are going to get knocked out at the quarterfinals or even uh, the round of 12 before that. So they're not, they're going to miss out on those points. You know, it's going to be Penn state, Michigan, Iowa, again, Penn state's going to win the national championship. Uh, too many big horses, too many bonus points. Right. And the bonus points make a big difference. That's at the national championship because, you know, at the big 10 tournament, you've only got four rounds of wrestling, right? Got opening round, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, right? Well, uh, you bump that up by a match at the national tournament. So you've got five matches. Um, and so when you get, that's an extra, whatever, six points per wrestler uh, for Penn State. So that's how they they get their national championship, but didn't quite pull out the, the Big Ten championship. So it is in Detroit, starts Thursday? Is it yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yep. So just straight up against the, the basketball tournament. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And, it, and again, Saturday night's going to be on ESPN. Everything else is going to be on ESPN three ESPN U right. or realistically the ESPN plus app. Right. And right. that's how, that's how you watch it. Yeah. So, so I guess tune in Iowa top three, Iowa state, hopefully a top 10, I guess would be the, 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 get the hopes, I guess. Yep. And then for, for you and I, just to touch on them real briefly, Obviously, they're taking eight, which is a lot of fun for them. That's good movement for Doug Schwab up at UNI. And uh, they've got a, a guy at 184, Kekeisen, who's going to compete for the national championship. So that'll be fun to watch as well. Um, at 184, obviously, you've got Coleman for Iowa State and Abasad for Iowa. Abasad's not exciting at all for Iowa. He's going he's gonna to bow out relatively quickly. If he went 0-2 barbecue, I wouldn't be surprised. Coleman should do better. Coleman, I hope you all Americans, that'll be fun to watch. But Keck Kaisen from you and I at 184 for the Iowa fans or the fans from the state of Iowa, that's the one you're going to want to watch. Um, nope, sounds good. Well, thanks a lot. This was uh, real good. Thanks for coming on. And, you know, maybe we'll try to do this again next week to just recap it. You know, sounds good. We'll Tuesday. talk to you soon. So, all right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.